book one chapter three of the spy company a story of the mexican war by archibald clavering gunter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john brandon book one chapter three the captain of the texan rangers a dim misty morning early in march the three trees which mark the galveston harbor of eighteen forty six are growing indistinct from the deck of the vessel as the steamer city of mobile a roomy but light draft craft suitable to the shallow bays and lagoons of the texan coast is paddling over the soft swells of the gulf of mexico she is laden to her bearings with supplies for general taylor's army her forward deck is littered by cases of ammunition boxes of shells grape-shot and canister cavalry saddles and casks of commissary bacon and united states salt beef are mixed with a lot of savage government mules stabled in the bow a few ambulances and conestoga wagons being arranged about the beasts to keep them from stampeding the steerage is crowded with the usual underling riffraff of an army sutlers boys teamsters canteen men and camp followers aft in the cabins however congregate commissary officers accompanying the army supplies of forage and provisions two or three horse dealers who have contracts for government mounts and a scattering of diamond-pinned white-shirted eggnog and mint julep-drinking gamblers who will officiate with uncle sam's soldiers on payday naturally such a vessel bears very few females though several lights o love from new orleans and a couple of well-rouged mobile nymphs are proceeding to corpus christi where about the camp of the american army has grown up a shanty town which harbors those who prey upon the soldiers as well as those who prey upon the government near the stern of this steamer is seated miss godfrey her bright eyes sometimes fixed on receding galveston and now and again turned inboard with a rather perturbed expression on her pretty features she notices the incongruous crowd upon the decks the rough men and rouged women whose careless language sometimes makes the blood suffuse her face and compels her to turn her eyes again upon the sandy waters dotted with barrel buoys that locate the narrow channel over the galveston bar though she is unaccompanied americans surround her this gives the unchaperoned girl for she has left kind-hearted mrs rodney behind her in the retreating city not only respect but privacy not one of the free and easy men upon the deck says a word to her or even glances unguardedly at her though she is the prettiest thing upon the steamer even the flashily dressed smooth-mannered gamblers from the mississippi river who are going down to corpus christi to see what they can do at faro and poker with the dashing officers of taylor's army or better still to fleece government contractors with their purses full of united states army contracts though they cannot help admiring the very stylish and beautiful young lady would no more approach her with a light word or attempted conversation than they would the wife of the president 
or the queen of england miss godfrey's immunity however does not include zelmer her maid the slight drop of colour in her blood scarcely observable except by eyes accustomed to discover it has made estrella's handsome octoroon the subject not only of careless comments but to these have been added some rather pointed personal addresses from yazoo sam as smooth-tongued and deadly a gambler as ever handled poker chips these attentions coming under her mistress's observation miss godfrey calling the young woman to her says zelma for this portion of the voyage i can dispense with your personal attendance on deck you had better remain in your stateroom the red blood comes hotly into her attendant's face and tears into her soft dark eyes and she pouts quite mutinously don't misunderstand me goes on her mistress impulsively it's not a reproof selma it is only to save you from insult but you must obey me with this the octoroon dejectedly thinking of mr yazoo sam's handsome face and attractive manner goes to her cabin feeling with the ardor of her one drop of african blood that even for her own good it is very hard to be deprived of the subtle wooing of the knight of the pharaoh table left by herself miss godfrey seated on the vessel's deck grows gloomy she is so entirely alone the social ethics of the country she is now in forbidding her making a companion of the girl she has with her her journey from new york to new orleans under the care of mr and mrs rodney had been a very pleasant one even from there to galveston on the city of mobile she had had the companionship of several ladies journeying to join their husbands who were merchants in galveston or houston but now the vessel turned down the coast is steaming towards the debatable land where the wildness of the prairie is made more dangerous by the outrages of guerrilla warfare where texan rangers battle with mexican banditti and the comanche indian now that it is springtime is getting ready to descend from the pecos mountains and the llano estacado upon the fertile plains of bexar and the valley of the san antonio handing to the horrors of partisan contest the raid of the predatory savage the vessel has already made the offing the pilot has been dispatched to the shore when the quick tooting of the steamer's whistle and the sudden pause of her walking beam makes miss godfrey look towards the bow another vessel apparently disabled as she is travelling under one wheel very slowly is passing them and signals are being exchanged apparently in response to these the city of mobile remains motionless upon the lazy swell of the gulf her paddles do not revolve again until a tugboat is seen steaming out from galveston to tow the disabled ship into the harbor then miss godfrey's vessel steams southward along the low gulf coast of texas headed for corpus christi some two hundred miles away 
where uncle sam's soldiers are gathered together theoretically to occupy and protect texan soil but really to be ready to take the initiative and march for the rio grande at the first signal from washington as estrella sits gazing at the shore she would be as gloomy as its low swamps with their moss-grown cypress trees were not in the girl's mind the happy thought every revolution of the paddle wheels brings me nearer to my father tomorrow morning corpus christi tomorrow morning perhaps he will meet me tomorrow morning i am in his loved arms her face grows bright as the tropic sun that is now rising and her eyes as brilliant as the sea now that the mists of the morning are driven from its blue waters into her reverie steps captain mcgowan the most genial skipper who sailed the gulf of mexico those who traveled the california trip in the fifties remember mcgowan in white duck from keel to kelson as he expresses it he looks as immaculate as a thousand bale louisiana planter in answer to the young lady's inquiries they have become quite good friends in the two days from new orleans to galveston the skipper tells her that the vessel that has passed them is the paducah of the same line bound up that she has broken her shaft and is two days behind her schedule time oh goodness cries estrella anxiously there may be a letter on board her from my father you know i'm going to corpus christi to meet papa from there he will take me up to his hacienda live oaks yes through a country with land pirates at every turn mutters mcgowan then he continues earnestly my dear young lady i have been thinking about you ever since you came on board again at galveston you had better let me keep you on my ship at corpus christi and when i sail take you back with me the land you're going to isn't fit for human beings let alone a delicate girl like you that will be impossible i have come here to see my father to be by his side in his old age my loved father is waiting for me cries the girl devotedly well love will make women go anywhere there are a few young officers wives even now at corpus christi who want the last kiss of their boy husbands before they bid them good-bye for the campaign perhaps the last they will ever give him replies the skipper moodily but in this matter since you are determined to land miss godfrey permit me as commander of this craft to take a liberty certainly captain i know everything you do will be for my good estrella looks at him with grateful eyes then replies the seaman heave anchor here i'll join you in a minute a few moments later he returns accompanied by a gentleman and says miss godfrey permit me to introduce you to captain hampton there's no man better fitted to put you safely in your dad's arms captain hampton ejaculates the girl her eyes growing big not thee rising she is about to continue excitedly when noticing the almost boyish young fellow who is standing sombrero in hand before her she suddenly checks herself with a slightly embarrassed laugh and responds to the polite yet modest bow of the gentleman before her 
i'll leave you to make his acquaintance says mcgowan cheerily seasickness is about the only thing that ever downed hampton he's no great shakes on shipboard and made the voyage from new orleans with us to galveston between blankets but on land he's a screamer this salt-water business for a day or two made me feel about as worthless as if i had been scalped remarks the young man diffidently however i'm in the saddle again noticing that you are alone on the boat he continues in easy tone i have taken the liberty of asking captain mcgowan to introduce me he tells me you insist on venturing to visit your father up in bexar county can i take the greater liberty of asking your plans to get there certainly replies the young lady gratefully at corpus christi i am directed to go to the branch office of martin best and co there i hope to meet my father who will take me with him up to his rancho of live oaks it's above the aransas ah yes on atascosa creek near the nueces where cattle thieves mexicans smugglers and sometimes comanches ride the young man reflectively chews a straw she notices he has in his mouth and adds i have not seen your father for the last few years you you'll excuse me miss but jim godfrey can hardly be right in his mind to think of taking a delicate girl like you to such a place now that a general war with mexico is about to break out upon the whole border true replies miss godfrey concern in her voice mr martin his new york agent told me ever since the fight at rock springs my father's letters indicate he has changed very much but still mr martin always said they were as full of horse sense as if he were general sam houston himself you you've seen my father tell me was he not always rational yes after he recovered from that fight at rock springs returns hampton more than rational long-headed astute and energetic still of course a desperate scrimmage like that one together with what he went through afterwards may have told upon him eventually you you know the details of that awful fight where my father was the only one who escaped says estrella very eagerly hopper never wrote mother much about it that was a good while ago returns hampton and there were so many little brushes just before our big fights at alamo and goliad and san jacinto that one more or less didn't count for much your father escaped alive at that time there were a good many skirmishes in which everybody was rubbed out as if to turn miss godfrey's mind from this subject he glances at the very fashionable garments of the young lady and observes rather abruptly from your appearance you've been away from texas for some time i reckon yes ever since i was three years of age i have never seen my father to remember him her voice is very eager as she asks tell me do i look like him not a bit answers the captain decidedly i don't look like my father pouts the girl disappointedly but still you do look like someone i've seen returns the texan meditatively his piercing eyes regard miss godfrey so searchingly that to break away from the subject she goes into a rambling record of her life how her father had gone to texas in eighteen twenty four 
having received as an impresario an immense grant of land from the mexican government on condition that he furnish it with a hundred settlers this contract he had not been able to complete until eighteen thirty four though he had long before that time located his hacienda on the fertile lands between the atascosa creek and san antonio river that while making this settlement her little sister sybil two years younger than she had been stolen and carried away either by mexican bandits or comanche indians yes such things had been too common about here returned the texan though it may have been the libyans and wacos those savages hadn't been taught to be good indians by our kentucky rifles sometimes continues estrella i imagine though he never mentioned it in his letters it is some wild hope of finding my sister that has kept my father all these years from visiting new york and taking me in his arms noting how the girl's face lights up as she says this hampton suggests you seem so eager to see him permit me to expedite the meeting by getting you early on shore tomorrow morning and taking you to the office of martin best and co thank you replies the girl unaffectedly i shall be more than pleased if a friend of captain mcgowan will be kind enough to see me that far upon the way as they had been talking estrella has been looking over the gentleman whose escort she has accepted and is pleased with him though she thinks he is rather young to be of any great weight or importance in this rough and tumble western world he has a boy's face clean-cut and roman lighted by grey-blue eyes that would seem cold did they not sparkle enthusiastically as they gaze on her a symmetrical figure the rather gaunt and wiry from the athletics of the prairie exceedingly small feet and hands dressed in a black long-skirted frock-coat the typical southern low-collared vest and an immaculately white shirt with trousers well spread out over his high wellington boots a mexican sombrero shading his clean-shaven face the young man's air would be that of a rather bashful farm lad addressing a society beauty did not a curious courtesy of manner add a quiet and almost impressive dignity to his bearing thank you he replies simply you've made me very happy in trusting yourself so far to me i think even on this boat i may be of some assistance to you indeed how asked the young lady astonished i noticed that you seemed inconvenienced sitting on the deck this morning without the attendance of your maid to fan you and make you comfortable if you will permit me i will speak to a certain gentleman and i think after that you can tell your girl that she can come on deck oh please don't make any trouble there will be no trouble i will simply say to mr yazoo sam that any attention to her maid annoys miss godfrey that will i think settle it but please don't place yourself in danger whispers the girl in a frightened tone these mississippi gamblers i believe are are rather slick with the pistol he smiles coldly yes but other people about here are also quick on the trigger yes i suppose they have to be to live she shudders then to change the subject remarks in rather embarrassed tone 
when first captain mcgowan mentioned your name as hampton do you know i thought till i noticed how boyish you were that he was perhaps introducing the celebrated captain sharp selby hampton of hayes's texan rangers the noted frontiersman and indian fighter who even as a boy fought at san jacinto are you a relative of his yes i'm i'm a connection stammers the young man very nervously but if you'll excuse me i'll i'll execute the little mission i've given myself so that your girl can come on deck he hurriedly leaves her and estrella watching him anxiously sees him step to three or four gentlemen of the dice box and card table who are lounging amidships and they all lift their hats to him he says a few quiet words and mr yazoo sam answers his manner implying dissent or refusal then the girl starts astounded the cold eyes of this bashful boy gleam with a peculiar steely glint that frightens her a look flies into his face that awes her she seems to be in the presence of death half a dozen cold words apparently issue slowly from his thin chiselled lips and the gambler shrinks from him then shrugging his shoulders deprecatingly bows and responds in louder tone no offence meant and no harm done we hope captain to prove it let's liquor with this they all go forward apparently to the bar-room of the steamer that is doing a great business a few minutes after miss godfrey steps to the stateroom and tells zelma that she can come on deck without fear of annoyance this proves to be so mr yazoo sam does not address her maid and the rest of the morning passes quite pleasantly miss godfrey making herself acquainted with the indian question in one of cooper's novels at two o'clock captain mcgowan makes his appearance at her side and suggests with your permission young lady i'll take you into dinner entering the cabin she finds the skipper has given her retirement at his own table only a sedate army contractor and two commissariat officers in uniform being of the party with the addition of the gentleman whose acquaintance she has made in the morning he shortly after comes in and seats himself on mcgowan's other hand towards the end of the meal the contractor and commissary men being about to leave the table to light their cigars on deck the skipper turning to hampton says hope you and this young lady have had a pleasant chat together decidedly answers the gentleman enthusiastically miss godfrey was kind enough to tell me about the great city of new york life at saratoga springs and give me some description of the high fly civilization upon the trail of which i got at new orleans you've been up at the crescent city captain remarks one of the commissary officers as he rises from his chair yes getting equipment for the boys replies hampton a tinge of embarrassment in his voice you know we expect to move very shortly yes when i was at corpus christi ben mccullough told me that you were going to take over sam walker's company remarks the army man also that colonel hayes had written to you in new orleans telling you to leave all extra equipment at corpus christi and the regiment would get it when they reached there by george that looks as if general taylor 
was about to move at once interjects mcgowan sam walker's becoming its lieutenant colonel will probably give you the vacant majority in the texas regiment won't it captain hampton asks the army contractor can't exactly be sure of that replies the young fellow some people think i'm too young here his glance happens to catch the young lady seated at mcgowan's side her face made red yet bewitching by embarrassment directed at some raisins upon her plate he mutters blushingly thank you gentlemen i'll accept your invitation and join you in a cigar and hurriedly leaves the cabin ahead of the commissariat men what's the matter with sharp hampton queries mcgowan of his pretty charge he always was a bashful fellow but today he seems to excel himself he accepted those army chaps cigars when they didn't offer them i'm afraid says miss godfrey still studying the raisins on her plate the captain hampton is perhaps displeased with me i made a very embarrassing and foolish contretemps i told him i had nearly mistaken him for the celebrated captain sharp hampton but that of course he was too young then she breaks out her eyes growing big is that boy really the great frontiersman the friend of the celebrated colonel jack hayes of the texas rangers and ben mccullough and the hero of half a hundred hand-to-hand encounters with mexicans and indians yes that's captain sharp selby hampton replies the skipper to this he adds in low chuckle by jove you've probably wounded sharp hampton more savagely than half a dozen regiments of greasers could the only thing he's touchy upon is his youthful appearance but isn't he a boy well he's twenty-six about the age napoleon fought his great italian campaigns i believe and between you and me captain sharp selby hampton though he's as modest as he is brave is able enough and experienced enough to take care of anything in the fighting line from grizzly bars to comanche indians though in other respects he is a very timid young fellow as you've doubtless seen blushed to the eyes didn't he as he addressed you come the seaman says cheerfully i'll make your peace with him nobody could be very angry with you leading the young lady on deck he finds the young texan meditatively smoking a cigar i see i've got to make this introduction over again remarks mcgowan miss godfrey this is really captain sharp selby hampton the comrade of jack hayes and ben mccullough the hero of half a hundred skirmishes the boy who with deaf smith destroyed the bridge at san jacinto now quit mcgowan says the young man uneasily tossing his cigar away his face growing red notwithstanding its tan the greaser killer the injun scalper guffaws the jovial sea-dog please hold your horses says hampton i never put my knife about an indian's topknot though i've been tempted to what man in texas hasn't but you'll frighten miss godfrey frighten her of me when when i had hoped to be perhaps of some little service to her oh you have already been cries the girl gratefully the attendance of my maid has been very useful to me 
she glances at the texan ranger and sees something in his countenance that makes her turn her eyes diffidently over the blue waves gliding by the steamer's side by jingo you're the bashful one now miss estrella laughs mcgowan but i must relieve my first officer and give him a chance for dinner the commander of the boat walks forward leaving miss godfrey still gazing out upon the waters of the gulf you look all all fired warm stammers the texan nervously let me get your girl to come and fan you who i don't need to be fanned all the time laughs the young lady please place a steamer chair for me then will you tell me something of the land of my birth that i'm visiting but which i know so little about well mustangs kick replies hampton eagerly and though lacking in experience he shows the instinct of a cavalier by making miss godfrey very comfortable seated beside her and perhaps inspired by her exquisite face or by his subject but the land of texas seems dear to him the young man tells his lovely vis-a-vis the beauties of the lone star state describing the wave-like plains green with the richest grasses and covered with myriads of buffalo from this he runs into a picture of the most lovely thing in all that southern country the flower prairie that sea of dazzling colors dotted here and there with mots of timber that look like green islands in a gorgeous ocean he explains that these are often so vast in extent that only the tried frontiersmen dare attempt to cross them without compass for the inexperienced get lost upon them and traveling in circles mid the flowery billows become as helpless as if alone in an open boat upon the boundless ocean sinking down to die of thirst the odors of a million petals regaling their expiring nostrils and their dying ears soothed with the songs of innumerable hummingbirds and orange-winged orioles enthusing over the wonderful game that covers this fair land he tells his listener of hunting adventures with buffalo cougars and also the savage jaguar of southern texas during this miss godfrey notices that he is only eloquent upon the pleasant things of the country she is visiting that he says naught of the frightful combats by men over this beautiful land of the rattlesnakes that lie coiled beneath its wildflowers or of the merciless indians that raid its green prairies with lance and scalping knife but in the midst of his oration the captain suddenly starts and says disconcertedly thunder that's the gong for supper yes the time has passed very rapidly and very pleasantly hasn't it remarks the girl to this she adds as she rises thank you for trying to make me like texas you've even made death in its flower prairies poetic well yes he replies uneasily i love my state and i want you to like it also it's your state too but his disciple in frontier instruction going off to her cabin he stands gazing after her graceful figure to himself he mutters sheepishly that's the first occasion i ever jabbered poetic nothings 
soon after pacing the deck and attempting philosophy by the aid of a cigar he is joined by the genial skipper of the city of mobile i hope you'll be able to assist the young lady when she lands remarks mcgowan down in that rutty muddy cutthroat hole corpus christi tomorrow morning believe me i shall do what i can for her responds the texan you found her somewhat like her father i presume suggests the skipper no more than a canary bird is like a blue jay i'm very happy to say is hampton's reply for between ourselves jim godfrey has a reputation of being a very ornery cuss all over southern texas working his niggers to death and skinning everybody who's dealings with him but his daughter whew, as the arkansas traveler said she is chicken fixins the ranger's eyes are very enthusiastic oh so you do think well of my protege well i thought enough of her two or three hours ago to risk my life by telling yazoo sam who they say shoots mighty straight that if he didn't quit sparkin miss godfrey's yaller girl i'd put daylight through him tomorrow morning as soon as we landed answers the young man you see it annoyed miss godfrey just a leetle and i couldn't stand that no siree not by texas end of book one chapter three recording by john brandon